Welcome to Our Opinions Are Correct, a podcast about the meaning of science fiction and the entire universe. I'm Charlie Jean Anders. I'm the author of the brand new young adult space opera novel, Victories Greater Than Death. And I'm Annalie Newitz. I'm the author of the new nonfiction book, Four Lost Cities, A Secret History of the Urban Age. And this is our first ever summer preview. We're just going to go through all of the summer entertainments that we're excited about in movies, TV, books, and possibly like vivid, lucid dreams. And, you know, we're going to talk about like why this is kind of an unusual summer for entertainment and why we're excited. So put on your bathing suits. It's time for summer fun. What's a movie coming out this summer that you're excited about? All right, let's start with Army of the Dead because Woo-hoo! everybody has been asking when we're going to get a zombie movie that is also a caper and a kind of um, you know delightful you know tale of uh, stealing some gold. And this is Zack Snyder's return to the zombie genre, which actually Mm -hmm. launched his career. He's the guy who popularized the fast zombie in the United States. I think think probably 28 Days Later was the first fast zombie story, but it was quickly followed by Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to see how um, our characters managed to break into a zombie-infested Las Vegas vault. Yeah, with Tig Notaro. I think Tig Notaro yes! is the reason why I'm going to watch that movie with you. Hopefully, we'll watch it together. I totally, yes. The Tig Notaro thing, look it up. There's a whole backstory as to why she's in this film. All right, Charlie Jane, what are you excited about? So, you know, I'm excited about the next Pixar movie. I actually feel like Pixar has been kind of like back on its game lately. Like I really loved Soul. And their next movie is called Luca. And it's basically about a boy living on the Italian Riviera. And there's like lots of gelato and pizza and stuff. So that's exciting. But he makes a new best friend who they become inseparable quickly. But the boy doesn't realize that his new best friend is actually secretly a sea monster, which I just, you know. Boy and his sea monster best friend. That that sounds, how could that not be good? Annalie, what's another movie that you're excited about? Sorry, I'm still just like sizzling with excitement over like a boy and his sea monster. Like that's I know. just like, that's basically a documentary about my childhood. So that's really cool. <laughs> so I am really excited about F9. As F9. all right-thinking people are, I am a huge Fast and the Furious stan. Um, I've followed the entire epic journey, um, including through some really weird places that got kind of cyberpunk um, at certain points. Uh-huh. Anyway, so the new uh, film, it's it was delayed. It was supposed to come out last year. It is exciting because Justin Lin, who kind of popularized the series and it's, it's yeah. his kind of brainchild, he's back directing. He also co-wrote it. Um, So Mm. that's exciting. And it focuses, it picks up right where the previous film left off. And it focuses on Dominic, played by Vin Diesel, and his 
relationship with his younger brother who has become a deadly assassin who's like working against the family and has like a grudge against Dominic. And so it's like, as usual, it's all about family. And sometimes family can be a little dysfunctional. So I'm hoping that at the end, like Vin and his brother can kiss and stuff. That's like my goal. Or like maybe they can just have sex with a car, which would also be really fun. I think have sex with a car. I've still never seen a Fast and the Furious movie all the way through. I've seen about half of one of them. Oh. I really need to remedy that. I feel like every time you tell me that, I just I just wipe it out of my mind because it's too upsetting. <laughs> so, okay. So the next thing that you're excited about, let's just not even talk about your problem, which is not okay. having watched any Fast and the so, Furious movies. So, as you know, I'm obsessed with the Purge series of movies. I'm like kind of a Purge stan. I think that the this this whole podcast is a purge stand. I think we're all pretty purgies, much yeah purgers. So the fifth and apparently final, they're claiming it's now the final purge movie, is called the Forever Purge, mm. which is kind of an interesting title. And actually, so the the thing that they're doing is spoiler alert: the third purge movie, Purge Election Year saw like a presidential candidate who was basically Hillary Clinton take office and get rid of the purge, and that was like. You know, it's weird that we're living in a, a worse timeline than like the, the Purge series at this point. But their their version of history is that Hillary Clinton became president and eliminated the Purge. And so in the fifth movie, basically, it's about a Mexican family who are fleeing from drug cartels and they end up on a ranch in Texas where the people on the ranch decide, the, I guess the ranch owners decide that even though the Purge is no longer happening nationally, they're going to hold their own private Purge with this Mexican family as like the the starring role. And so it's basically, you know, the, the previous Purge movie was really about like a black neighborhood in Staten Island being overrun by militia members, basically. And so now we're, we're now taking that to Mexicans and like Mexicans who cross the border being subjected to the Purge. And so this, this series basically is just continuing to like stab us in our already bleeding wounds of American dysfunction. Basically, like class warfare, race warfare. Mm -hmm. God, I love that series. I just love how on the nose it is and just over the top and delightful. It's it's really insane. So, Annalie, tell us about a green themed movie that you might be interested in. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Green New Deal. It's the Green Knight. <laughs> there could be a crossover. There could be a crossover where the Green the Knight Green Knight the New, green deal. New Deal. He like he introduces like Medicare for all. That is actually the the movie I would like to see. You know, that would be great. Like Dev Patel is the guy who brings you the Green New Deal and is like super snacky. That's basically the plot of The Green Knight. Tell me a tale of yourself so that I might know thee. I have none to tell. Yet. You have none to tell yet. It's uh, the Green Knight, as you, as everyone knows, is based on a medieval English poem that is extremely trippy. The poem is all about a guy. It's a pretty long poem, you know. It's not like a, a short imagistic poem, and it's about um, one of the knights of the Round Table, Sir Gawain, and he must face himself. Basically, he goes through like a moral trial where he's sort of tempted by a lot of different things, but. Based on the previews, obviously Dev Patel is in it, who is just like super great playing Gowan. And it looks like it's going to be really trippy and as it should be, because the, the original poem is just freaking weird. And the knight himself, the glimpse that we got of the knight in the trailer is also making my heart sing. So I'm just, 
I'm down for like a trippy medieval romp, you know, like with swords. So tell me your next pick, Charlie Jane. So I'm just going to go really quickly through a few movies that I'm excited about because they're there's a lot. Yeah, give us like a I'll rapid I'll give you the fire. lightning round. So, you know, there's a Cinderella movie coming out, which we don't even have a trailer for yet, which is weird because it comes out soon, with Billy Porter from Pose as the fairy godmother. And I'm just like, okay, that's an automatic yes. I'm in. Yeah. There's a new Space Jam movie where the kind of Warner Brothers cartoon characters are playing basketball. And I don't even know anything about it, but I'm already excited about it. There's another Suicide Squad movie, but this time it's directed by James Gunn and it has like Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who as like a super villain who's forced to team up to fight bad guys. It's got like, it's got basically everybody and it's got some of my really famous, favorite obscure DC Comics characters like Peacemaker in it and they're actually making a, a spin-off show about Peacemaker. So I'm super excited for that. The trailer looks incredibly fun. There's Free Guy, which is like Ryan Reynolds is a video game NPC who kind of becomes awareness somehow. And that looks incredibly fun. So, you know, why don't you wrap it up, Annalie? What's the final like summer movie pick that you're excited about? Well, I'm really excited about the reboot of Candyman, yeah. um, which is based on one of my all-time favorite horror movies from the 1990s. And I'm just really excited to see where they take it. Um, the original movie was terrifying. Um, it was also very political. It's about um, gentrification in Chicago and the victimization of the Black community and also the revenge of a very, very angry Black ghost. And I think, you know, now's the time to be telling this story again for sure. And I just, I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, and so for our listeners, we're going to list some other upcoming movies in our show notes, but we don't have time to get through, like, all the summer movies in this episode. Yeah, but there's others. This, there's, these there's are not more. the only movies coming up. But now let's move on to talking about TV shows we're excited to see come back or come forward or whatever. <laughs> well, to debut, I should say. Um, Charlie Jane, what are you excited about? There's pretty much one show that I'm just, like, dying to, to see come back, and that is Legends of Tomorrow. This, this season of Legends Tomorrow is all about aliens, and actually, we have a clip from the trailer. We've had messier missions. Sarah's been abducted. You have to find her. There are aliens scattered throughout history. So as you could hear, Sarah's been abducted. There's aliens scattered throughout time. It's going to be just like another wacky romp with the crew of the Wave Rider, like fighting aliens. And Annalie, what's a show that you're excited about this summer? I am really excited for the, I guess it's a mini series mm -hmm. of the Underground Railroad, um, which is Barry Jenkins, who is, of course, an incredible filmmaker here doing some TV. It's based on the Colson Whitehead novel. Where do they go? The ones that run away and never return. The thing that's exciting uh, about this story is that it is both realistic in a lot of ways, but it's also magic realism. There's actually an, a literal railroad people are riding to escape from enslavement in the South. And so it just adds this element of surrealism to the story. And I will just say one more thing about it, which is that I was reading Colson Whitehead's novel when Trump was elected. And like I was literally in the middle of the novel and I have these incredibly vivid memories. I, I happened to be in New York on business at the time it happened. And so I was sitting by myself 
um, in an ice cream shop and everybody was just like sad and people were crying and like binging on ice cream. And I was like sitting there eating my salty caramel chocolate ice cream with you know, this book propped open in front of me and just feeling like the world was ending. And it also gave me weirdly a sense of hope. So I'm really glad to be revisiting this story at a time when I'm actually feeling a little bit more genuine hope for the country. So anyway, that was a personal digression. Let's go back to TV that we're excited about. What's another show that you're excited about, Charlie? So the final season of Pose is launching in May. and. Pose is one of my all-time favorite TV shows. It is a huge leap forward in representation of trans people in television. It's also a show that, you know, it's about ballroom and about these marginalized communities that, like, queer people of color and, like, a lot of trans people of color, like, fighting their identities through these, like, elaborate performances. And it's a show that increasingly has kind of moved into a space of, like, magical realism and the supernatural as it's gone on. There were Season two had a lot of ghosts and a lot of, like, kind of very interesting, like, weird fantasy sequences. And I feel like it's a show that is kind of using the language of the supernatural to kind of talk about these marginalized people's lives in a way that kind of expands it and kind of shows the hugeness of of their struggles. And, you know, I'm just afraid that the new season is going to make me cry my face off, especially if anything happens to, pray tell, Billy Porter's character, who already, you know, is struggling with HIV. So, fingers crossed, I'm very nervously excited. And so, um, Annalie, what's another show that, that you're excited about? Well, I think a lot of us are very excited about Loki, which is coming in Loki. June. This is going to be, I guess, the bookend to WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier And um, it looks really fun. I love, you know, the character of Loki, like half of the internet does. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see him, Tom Hiddleston, running around grinning and being cute. What's uh, what's another show you're excited about? So there's a show that, like, there I haven't seen a trailer for it. There's, like, very little information, but it allegedly is coming this summer. There's a show called Schmigadoon, in which Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele gets trapped in a 1940s town, and everybody does giant musical numbers all the time, and you cannot leave the town until you find true love. And it just sounds, you know, I mean, I honestly, I feel like at this point I would watch Keegan-Michael Key do anything because he's yes. just always delightful. He pretty much stole that movie we watched recently, the prom movie, with with which had like Meryl Streep and stuff in it. And Keegan-Michael Key just yes. like ran away with that movie. He's just so great. And I think it's super fun. So, Annalie, what's another show that you're excited about? So the awesome spinoff of what we do in the shadows called Wellington Paranormal is yeah. back for a third season, I believe. This is a delightful comedy about sort of bumbling paranormal investigators on the Wellington police force. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really cute. It's fun. If you like goofy comedy, um, it's it's just a treat. So um, highly recommend it. I think it's coming to the U.S. T- TV for the first time ever, actually. I think it's never been shown in the U.S. Ooh, before. Well, I've I've been watching it somehow through the magic of the internet. So um, so go ahead and, and check out the other, um, other seasons as well. So what else are you excited about? You know, a show that's close to both of our hearts, I think, is Tuca and Bertie. Which, oh my God, Tuca and Birdie, you know, it's been a roller coaster. That show was canceled on Netflix and then it was picked up by like Adult Swim. And so we're finally, finally getting a second season of Tuca and Birdie. Honestly, I was going to just like have to like run down this street 
like throwing things at people on the street if we didn't get another season of, of Tuke and Birdie. Like throwing soft objects. I would be throwing like, you know, little fuzzy balls maybe at people on the street if we didn't get a second season of Tuke and Birdie because that show just gives me so much life. I love it too. It's just beautiful. And so, you know, tell us one more show that, that you're excited for, Annalie, that I think I'm also excited for. So I am very excited about the return of Motherland, Fort Salem. <gasps> yes! Oh, oh my, my God. God. I love that show so much. Oh, my God. It is amazing. It's, it's an alternate history of the United States in which female witches kind of control the nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And our main characters are in female witch military school. Um, oh, my God. So it's like a military school story with witches. And there's just nothing. We've talked about this show before on here. And it's like this hyper patriotic show about pagans. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of images of like the American flag next to like a pentagram, mm-hmm. which is creates such cognitive dissonance um, just seeing it that it's almost worth it just just to see that. But in fact, it's also a really delightful, uh, soapy, soapy show about the angst and tribulations of these young witch cadets. It's got a really beautiful, troublesome queer relationship at the center of it, which I love. There's like actually an episode where they're like, it is your patriotic duty to have a pagan sex ritual now for your country. America needs you to have a pagan sex ritual now. I mean, that's what America needed all along. That is so what that's why America we're just waiting needed. for this show to come back. Oh, my God. I was so excited. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about summer books. Hello, amazing listeners. We want to tell you about another podcast that we think you'll like. Origin Stories explores human evolution one story at a time. It's a monthly podcast that looks at why humans are the way we are. They feature fascinating scientists and stories about everything from what it's like to discover ancient fossils or study an endangered species. To a detective story about the first murder and an award-winning documentary about prehistoric cave art. I was really excited about a recent episode they did about Neanderthals, my favorite hominin, uh, and they had special guest Rebecca Rag Sykes, who's a great writer and has a whole book called Kindred about Neanderthals that you should check out. Find origin stories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Oh my God, there are so many books coming out this summer. It is, I mean, as usual. Um, there's just like so many books that are coming out that we're just excited about. So, Annalie, what's the book that you're excited about? I am super excited about Sarah Pinsker's latest novel called We Are Satellites. Um, Sarah's won like every award in the universe because she's just a, a beautiful and humane writer. Her characters are always very believable, and they're people that you want to get to know. And this is a near-future story. I've, I've already read it. I read an advanced copy um, about a family where one of the kids really wants to get this new technology that's a brain implant that basically lets you multitask at a much wow. um, more, in a much more robust way than we can with our unaltered brains. And it's basically the story of what happens to this family over time as more and more kids start getting these brain implants, um, more adults start getting them, what can go wrong. And it ends up being a story about family connection. It's a family with two mothers, uh, which is not particularly important other than the fact that it's a happy queer family. 
It's also about corporate malfeasance, and it winds up exploring uh, all kinds of weird byways in this sort of technological scenario that, um, again, this is very much uh, Sarah Pinsker's territory to, to sort of think about the small domestic you know, outcome of a huge revolutionary technology. So I can't recommend it enough. It's very heartwarming and very smart and interesting. Okay, what are you excited about? There's so many books coming out that I'm excited about. You know, I'm excited about uh, Firebreak by Nicole Connor Stace, which is, I think it's her debut novel after doing some novellas. Mm. And it's like a lot of books coming out soon. It's about evil corporations. It's like a corporate dystopia after climate change. And there's like basically people playing competitive video games. I'm also super excited about like Blackwater Sister by Zen Cho. Uh, It's like her long-awaited next novel. And it's about a girl who is haunted by her grandmother, who was like a famous spirit medium when she was alive. And at first the girl thinks she just is like hearing a weird voice in her head. And it's like, she thinks it's herself trying to tell herself something. And then she realizes, nope, it's my grandma. And my grandma wants revenge on this evil businessman and wants me to kind of help her take this businessman down. So, Annalie, tell us another book that you're excited about. Um, Well, I'm super excited about P. Jolly Clark's first novel in his uh, 1912 Cairo series, which is called A Master of Gin. He's written novellas uh, and I think some short stories set in this world. It's a murder mystery. And, you know, we've had him on the show. I am just a huge fan of his work. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. What's another one from you? Yeah, I've been hearing amazing stuff about The Ones We're Meant to Find by Joan He, which is a post-climate change future. It's about a girl who's got amnesia and she's trapped on an island somewhere. And her only companion is this android who's stuck there with her. But then she teams up with a girl who's come there from like this eco-utopia. It just sounds like, I mean, I think it's really interesting that we're getting some new kind of post-climate change worlds that are finding new ways to tell new stories set in that kind of setting. What's this book that you're excited about, Annalie? I'm really excited about Cassandra Cause's yeah. uh, forthcoming novel, The All-Consuming World. I've been a fan of Cass Caw for a long time. Uh, she's written previously these kind of foodie supernatural books that yes. if you thought you couldn't cross the kind of um, restaurant genre with the supernatural. Well, Casca is here to change all that for you. And this is a brand new story set in a, a new world. And she, yeah, it just sounds fantastic. Uh, it's cyborg badasses facing off against an evil AI. Uh, but it's a lot more than that. And um, you, you really just need to check it out. So excited. I can't wait to read that. Tell me some more stuff that you're excited about. I'm just going to go through a few of them really yeah, fast. Yeah, give us a. We I'll have give a you the big, lightning um, round. We have a long list. Yeah, so I'm just going to do a lightning round of like a, a few really of these. Do a really good lightning okay, round. Okay, I'll give yeah. you the bullet points. So I've been hearing a lot of good things about Son of the Storm by Suyi Davies Okongboa, a scholar living inside a walled city. And like, he's always wondered about like what lies beyond those walls. And everybody's like, there's nothing beyond those walls. But then he meets a warrior woman who's like got skin changing powers. And she has a type of magic that's not supposed to exist. And he realizes 
that everything he's been told about his world is a lie. Uh, also excited about uh, In the Ravenous Dark by A.M. Strickland about a pansexual blood mage who has been hiding her magic because anybody with magic is forced to be chained to an undead spirit that will keep them under control. And she's found out, and so she gets tied to this undead spirit. But she ends up in a love triangle between the undead spirit that she's chained to and a princess. And it's apparently like the queerest, most like pansexual, like most kind of inclusive story about blood magic you've ever read. I'm all in. <laughs> you know. Give me give me some more titles. Okay, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, the guy who wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, which became a huge sensation. Ooh. Now has a story about a woman who falls in love with another woman, but it turns out that the woman she's in love with is actually, has traveled forward in time from the 1970s and is like out of time and is in the wrong time. Oh, interesting. I'm su- I'm super there. Give me another thing that I'm going to want to read. Future Feeling by Joss Lake. It's it's a very sort of trans kind of like fantasy, dark fantasy novel. Like basically these trans guys get together to put a curse on this one like famous trans guy who's a social media influencer, but they accidentally curse the wrong trans guy. And he gets sent to the Shadowlands, which is the place that all trans people have to pass through in order to kind of figure out our identities. And it's like this kind of nightmarish realm. And so they have to go rescue this trans guy that they accidentally cursed. And they all have to confront their own stuff to do that. That sounds kind of insane. Also, 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 A Chorus Rises which is the sequel or kind of the follow-up to A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Morrow, which was this just like amazing like novel about black sirens that I really loved. And the sequel is all about this girl, Naima, who's kind of a spoiled brat in the first book. Like she's kind of like not entirely a sympathetic character in the first book. And now we're getting her viewpoint about like her level of privilege. And like she's this type of supernatural creature called an Iloko that people think is awesome. And so she has like this insane privilege and it's going to be kind of unpacking that. Also super excited about The Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri, who's an author who's been doing like amazing work. And The Jasmine Throne is kind of inspired by Indian history and like Indian epic storytelling. And it's about a maidservant who who has forbidden magic and she has to team up with an imprisoned princess and they have to challenge an empire. I'm just here for that kind of stories. The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo is about a queer Vietnamese American girl in a the magical 1920s. And it's kind of a retelling of The Great Gatsby where instead of like prohibition being prohibiting alcohol, it's prohibiting drinking demon blood. Okay, give me a couple more titles to tide me over. Okay, two more titles and then we're done. First of all, The Witness for the Dead by Catherine Addison, which is the long, long awaited follow-up to The Goblin Emperor. We've been waiting, I think, like seven or eight years for another book in that world. And then also, She Who Became the Sun by Shelley P. Chan, which I've already pre-ordered. It's like going to be there for me on release day. It's basically about a peasant girl in Mongol-occupied China who steals her dead brother's identity and becomes the leader of a rebel group. And I'm just like so here for this. I've been hearing amazing things about that book from everybody. Is that, is it a historical book or is it an alternate, is it an alternate history or? You know, I'm not actually sure. I know it's, it takes place in history. I think it is an alternate history, but I'm not entirely sure. Cool. I'm, I'm down for it too. Yeah. The Mongols did a great job running the Silk Road. So I just, I want them to like be in charge of everything. I think the Mongols might not be sympathetic in this particular book, but I'm not uh, sure. Well, I guess anyway, we'll see. they did a really good job with the Silk Road. So I'm thanks for that. I'm dying to read it. So we're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about like why this summer is a little bit unusual. 
Charlie Jane, why is this summer different from all other summers? This summer is different because it's coming at the end of, you know, a really lengthy, horrible pandemic. And it's coming, I think, in the middle of like a huge realignment in our tastes and our kind of practices and entertainment consumption. I think that the year and change of people being cooped up in their homes really changed the way we think about entertainment in ways that we're just beginning to kind of grapple with. For example, the lines between television shows and movies are being very quickly erased. I think that distinction is ceasing to be meaningful. I think that's that's really true. And I mean, I know a lot of people have been talking about how all they want to do is get back into a movie theater and be able to sit there with a bunch of people and like enjoy, you know, the experience of like popcorn mm-hmm. and like, you know, socializing. Um, at the same time, I do think that this hybrid release system of putting a movie out on streaming at the same time as debuting it in theaters is here to stay. Mm -hmm. Not for every title, for sure. But I think a lot more movies are going to be doing that. And I think it's going to be good for audiences because I know for sure that over this past year, there's a lot of stuff that I watched that I probably would never have gone to see in theaters, but I did watch it streaming when it came out because I was like, yeah, I I actually do want to see this movie, but maybe I don't care to see it with a giant audience. You want a pee break. I want a pee break or I just like, it's not a movie where I'm like, I want the full theater experience. Because I think now too that movies in theaters are more expensive and going to the theater is more of a, it's almost like going out to dinner. I mean, Mm -hmm. in fact, like the theaters that I love to go to, the Alamo Draft House, which is right down the street from my house in San Francisco, you actually can have dinner there. Like they have Mm -hmm. actually really good bar food. You can get a beer And so it's like an event, you know? And so I I don't necessarily want to see every movie that way. Um, No. But I I do once in a while want to, for sure. Yeah, and this thing of like you have a choice between either seeing the movie when it comes out and having to deal with the theater and parking and everything else, or you're seeing it like months later after everybody's already spoiled it for you and you've already kind of missed out on the whole discussion around it. You know, that's a tough choice that people have been forced to make. I think also there's just the thing where like, Marvel is now making, like, TV shows that are basically, like, long movies. Like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier feels like a movie. It's just six hours long. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, self-contained. There may not be another season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it's kind of like, is that still a TV show? It's just, or is it just a really long movie? And if we're consuming movies and TV more or less the same way, and they have similar production values and the same kind of level of acting and the same level of, like, you know, special effects... It's no longer quite a meaningful distinction. The days of TV shows all having to have 22 episodes a season and like 10 seasons are rapidly coming to an end, it seems like. Yeah, those are just long gone. Like, I can't even think of a a show that I watch that has 22 episodes in a season. Like, I... Yeah, struggling to to think of one, you know. So, and I think that's a a good model, actually. I like the idea of having more different shows that are shorter rather than, you know like a whole bunch of 22 episode uh, seasons where you get like 10 episodes that are filler, you know, right. or like bottle episodes or something or holodeck episodes. That's like the worst of everything. <laughs> the dream episode or the holodeck episode. Oh my God, yeah. Like, it's like, okay, it's a bottle episode, but you're in someone's mind. I mean, um, there's always the clip episode that's also a dream episode <laughs> where it's like we're in yes! their dreamscape, but we're also seeing clips from other episodes oh, because we just... I've, 
fucking hate clip episodes. I know that I feel like there's someone who likes clip episodes. Who is that person? I feel like there have been a couple of really funny clip episodes, but generally it's been it's not a good thing. Yeah. What was that show that did a clip episode where it was all fake clips? I feel like Community I watched might it have with done you. That? I don't know. Yeah, where it was like you thought it was a clip episode, but they actually it was all stuff that had never really happened. And mm-hmm. it was delightful. I think that was community. Yes, sure. I think that was community. Yeah. So for you, just to finish up, when you're thinking about planning your summer of entertainment, what's the kind of movie that you want to go out to see in theaters? Is it a special effects blockbuster or something else? I think increasingly we are going to reserve the theatrical experience for like the big kind of like special effectsy spectaculars where it's like IMAX. You want to see it on the biggest possible screen. But I think that, you know, part of what I'm excited about this summer is that we are getting a lot of really weird offbeat movies that might have originally been planned to come out in like January, but because nothing has been able to, like very few things have been able to hit theaters this past year and change. We're getting a bunch of these movies this summer that are just kind of like weird oddball little projects. And I think that, you know, we're also coming off of like a a really intense period of political upheaval. And I'm excited to see some movies that are going to actually grapple with that rather than just be like, our job is to preserve the status quo at all costs. (laughs) Preserve the, oh yeah, today we are preserving the status quo, you know? I'm status quo man. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, that is, your typical Hollywood movie is about like how we must preserve the status quo at all costs. And I think we're starting, I think we're going to see some films that are more thoughtful about that and maybe question this whole quo pro status thing. (laughs) Pro quo. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I mean, of course, it's always fun to see special effects in the theater, although I am increasingly less interested in that and more interested in making the movie going experience more like theater or live music. Like I want to see some small movies where I actually get to see like a discussion afterwards. Um, That's something that happens at a lot of movie theaters now where either someone who's involved in the production of the movie is there and is like, hey, let's have a QA, and a or just two people who have interesting ideas about the film or who've studied the genre and are just like, hey, let's have a conversation about the film and make it more interactive and make it, again, feel more like an evening out instead of just like, we came here to consume entertainment, which I love, don't get me wrong. But like, I also like chatting with people in real life. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. So I'm looking forward to that too. And I, like I said, I think as going to the movie theater becomes more and more of an event, we're going to see more experimentation with stuff like that, like combining like live events with a movie. Yeah. All right. I can't wait. That's a good place to wrap up. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Our Opinions Are Correct. And you already know this, but you can find us in all of the good places where podcasts are available. And if you like us, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and other places that you can leave a review. Please tell your friends. Please just like run down the street shouting us about us. Possibly like, you know, put a little rolled up thing inside like a barrel and give it to like a, a... a dog and just have the dog run around with the, like the barrel with a thing about our podcast in it. I don't know. Just whatever you have yeah, to do. Yeah. Or like stuff it in a bottle and throw it out to sea. So yeah. That a, pirate, a pirate will find it. And Pirates like come and need better podcast listening. Our... I, I always hope that like Pippi Longstocking will find it because that's like how her dad communicates with her. And then right. she'll come like come visit us like on a bed that's carried by a balloon because um, that's my favorite 
way of getting around. That was pretty so. much our goal when we launched this podcast was like, maybe if we launch a podcast, Pippi Longstocky will eventually show up on a balloon bed, you know? Yes. For sure. It's uh, almost so, about to come true. So you may not know this, but we actually have a Patreon where you can give us monetary and moral support. The moral support is not to be discounted. And we will interact with you and ask questions and share audio extras. And, uh, you know, thanks so much to our heroic, dashing producer, Veronica Simonetti. Thanks to the brilliant Chris Palmer for the music. And thanks again to you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye! Bye!